Hello, hi, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Uh, we're going to be talking to some real people about some real things, doing real stuff, or living real lives. Maybe you'll get a laugh out of it, maybe not. We don't care. Tonight, our guest is Murph Meyer, who is an actor and struggling person. And as always, I'm Matt Lavelle. He's Tom Byers. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. We can be found on all podcast platforms, YouTube and Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. And please follow us along on Twitter at Working P Pod. And if you would like to be a guest on our show and go through the approval process, please contact us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. Before we get this episode started, I want to kick it over to our guest expert, Fern Podcasty, to give us a little synopsis on what to expect from this week's guest. Fern, take it. Some fun facts about Murph Meyer. He once shit in a hamper at his mom's house. He once stole an entire case of cigarettes from the 44th Little League. His former probation officer was a 6'5", 320-pound former Carolina Panthers offensive lineman. And that is it from our guest expert, Burn Podcasty. Uh, thanks, Burn. We'll get you back next time when we have another 40 Fort hero on the show. So, Shake. Yes, Real sir. Real quick, I just want to let you know uh, I talked to the PAAA. Yes, and that's the, good, the, uh, the good people. The good people doing the Lord's work at the PAAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who don't know, the PAAA is the Podcast Approval Association of America. Yeah. And they're there doing the Lord's work. They're just not going to let any ninny jump on your show. Okay? Yeah, and, I, and they're working overtime these days, I've heard. From what I've heard, they're working triple overtime with all the jabronis trying to get yeah. on the show. They have a shitty union. That's the, that's the problem. Yeah. Is that yeah. They really have a bad union, but yeah. Yeah, that's their problem, not ours. Yeah. No, not ours. I mean, apparently they got a good benefits. So that's what Cheryl told me at the PAAA. Mm-hmm. But for the people they have to deal with, there's no benefits good enough, from what mm-hmm. I was told. But, you know, you have to need some pension. Anyway, like that. yeah. So what about them? Why are you bringing them up? Well, uh, so Cheryl, like I said, at the PAAA, contacted mm-hmm. me and said that most people got approved. She asked me to approve this guy. Uh, what, uh, geez, what was Oh, Lord Voldemort. I did mm-hmm. a pass on him. Don't like people yeah. whose last names begin with V. We're not having Vader on the show either. R.I.P. You know okay. what I mean? That makes but, sense. Uh, yeah, there's another guy. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him. Tom Lavelle. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Uh, well, controversial figure. Yeah, really big time. Just bad press for the show. So uh, he wasn't approved. Nothing oh, we can do. Oh, man. I know. The PAAA passed on him. They did a background check. And, and uh, th- this has nothing to do with you. Is this correct or, or what? Nothing to do with nothing. I got to be honest, dude. I think that you're, I think you're kind of working the puppet strings a little bit on this one. Me? Me? Personally. Me? What's, what? Shake. Shake. How long have I known you? <laughs> Too long, my man. Too long, right? Have you ever seen me with any puppets ever? <laughs> no. Never. No, I mean, you're, you're not much biased? of a pedo. I'm not, and I'm not biased to people named Tom either, obviously. Uh, or Thomas Michaels. Yeah, and but there's only room for one Tom on this show sometimes. Yeah. 
We can't have two Tom. A two Tom show? This isn't the two Tom show. Fair enough. It's a working perspective show. All right. Hey, either way. You leave my follow, man. Yeah. So I had to reject Lord Voldemort for obvious reasons. Um, But yeah. So Tom Lavelle wasn't approved, unfortunately. Hey, better luck next time, Tom Lavelle. I'll talk to Cheryl at PAAA, but uh, no promises, buddy. Keep at it. So, uh, Shake, let me tell you about this guy. All right. This guy. This guy, Murph Meyer, is one of the good ones. All right, pal. Mm-hmm. I uh, I told you this guy's got a jib that I like the cut of. Mm-hmm. This guy's got a nice jib, and I like the cut of that jib. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. This guy was in. I used to. So let's go back some time. Um, this guy used to share a bedroom with a former guest of the show and friend of the show, Burn Podcasty. Ooh. And. He uh he told me some stories about this guy. Um mm-hmm. some good ones, some great ones, but this is before I had met him. So then I had to meet him. And once I met him, he lived up to all expectations. Just just a total legend, living legend. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So know him for years. He used to be in a comedy troupe and everything like that. He used to go to his shows. He was bringing the house down all the time. Then uh he moves to the big city. All right. The windy city, mm. New York City. Right. Oh. Yeah. He's up there. He's up there at the the city, the city by the bay, New York mm. City. And he's up there. City and, of love. Uh, he's du- up there living as a struggling artist. Right. And I say, you know, this guy more, you know, people who people don't understand the courage it takes to follow a dream. They don't have the courage. They just want to be a drone. This mm-hmm. guy had the courage to follow a dream and live a life. And one day I'm sitting at home and I'm thinking to myself, gosh, why do I even try? Why do I even try anymore? Mm -hmm. And I'm bored and I'm watching stuff on my phone. I'm watching stuff on TV and I click on the Comedy Central and there's this show, show called Broad City. And guess what? Mm -hmm. It's two broads on the show. Not bad looking broads either, but two broads on the show. And then watching. Yeah. And it's fun and it's doing good and the show's going all right. And all of a sudden... These two show up to an apartment and open the door. And who answers the damn door in their it? underwear? None other than our guest, Murph Meyer, wow. on the Broad City Show. And after seeing that shake, that? I realized that you can have your dream come true of showing up on TV in your underwear and looking yeah. damn good <laughs> while doing it. I will say that. Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, that's not the only thing he's been on. He's been on the Chris Gethard show. He had a podcast with his wife called Menage a Trois. It was a big hit. He's been on a bunch of things, and uh, he's a great guy. Glad to have mm. him on the show finally. Um, I know he's doing great, Murph. And before I introduce you, I just want to ask, uh, have you seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? And if yes, what do you think? Oh, Bohemian Rhapsody is a no for me. <laughs> oh, no. Hard no. Hard no. I oh, they, they Hollywood right. a little too much. You know, a lot of the stories I heard about Freddie Mercury just didn't make the cut, I don't think. In that oh, movie. man. Oh, boy. Only. Wait, Shake, you know, you're, you're, you're a pro rap? You're a pro-hemian? Oh, pro-hemian yeah. rap? Guy? He's Listen. a pro-rapper. Listen, All right. I... I... <laughs> I, I'm okay with. I, I'm just a very easy movie critic, and I'm I'm easily easily impressed and easily amused. And Matt is on this weird campaign to take this movie down 
and destroy anybody that, that was involved was in it. <laughs> I think they <laughs> insulted him somewhere in that movie and he didn't know, or none of us noticed it when they, they weirdly said Matt Lavelle was a loser. So I didn't notice either because I turned it off like a quarter of the way through. <laughs> Subliminally, they were taking pot shots at Lavelle the whole time. I yes, know. that's the hidden uh, Freddie Mercury album is Matt Lavelle's a loser. Jake, well, I will say too, I appreciate your love of, uh, you know, cause I, I try to be that way. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I get a little cynical with age, but I love, I love people who just love art. You know, it's like, you're not going to shit. Oh yeah. Say hey, somebody made a movie, somebody made an album, you know, and you, and you appreciate it for what it is. I, I respect that about you. Absolutely. That, that said, that movie was a, was a two, two thumbs. Uh, and a <laughs> <laughs> that movie was a total sock full of dog shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you could have spent like, one camera one day with Freddie when he was alive. I bet you get like six hours of footage. Oh, of my God. No I doubt. could imagine. Could you imagine what that wood chipper was doing all day? My Ooh. God. <laughs> on logs, baby. Yeah. There, there is a um, like a backstage footage clip on YouTube of Stevie Nicks. And she's, it's like totally unedited. It's just like a home video from like the 80s or some shit. And she's singing and it's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like immaculate. Yeah. You just can't believe how incredible this lady's voice is. She's a special one. Yeah. And to me, it's like, okay, make a movie with that. Just put that in the damn movie. You don't got to do anything else. Just put that in the movie. And that's why I like, you know, that's why I don't mind the, the, uh, the Queen movie because Guess what? They sang a bunch of Queen songs in it. That's and I'm True. there for that. You know, it, you know it touches the it, soul. How do you got those pipes that reach out and touch the soul? Yeah, yeah. I, I've yeah. had uh, drives in my car listening to Queen that were better than that. Movie. <laughs> By far. By were you, were you far. blowing lines? Uh, was a midget carrying coke lines of cocaine on a, on a platter? Did you hear about that one? <laughs> no, was that, story that was left out. There was a, there was a a little person who uh, at the party, one of the parties of Queen's legendary thing was was walking around with a tray. And he would just, you know, hold it up to people's noses at the party and they'd blow lines. But oh, they see, didn't put that, that in film. Oh, that's when life was living, pal. Wasn't it? You know? Those were the days that everyone was <laughs> dying of AIDS. It was a beautiful time. If you're if you're a little person, like I know there are certain things you'd want to do, but if you're if you're if you're a little person, you have an uncle that was a little person, and that was him, he's that guy's a fucking god to you. All right. Yeah. 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 I was holding a tray full of snort at a queen party. That's yeah, what I do. <laughs> That's my life. There's like dozens and dozens and dozens of little people claiming to be. Yeah. yeah who right? that person oh, was. Man. It's like the oh. one in the, in the, the wizard of Oz. Wasn't there one that was swinging from the, isn't that? Oh, one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. That one's, that's yeah. kind of creepy. That was a dark oh. way to start the program. <laughs> <laughs> and now All we spend right. the next couple hours on deep dive. Here we go. Hey. Here we are. Wouldn't mind it. So, all right, let's get into some fun stuff. Murph, not going to lie, we circled this game on the calendar weeks ago. We had a murderer's row lineup from the 44th area coming through here. So we're mm-hmm. happy to get mm-hmm. you. 
We talked yeah, to uh, we had a represent right here. That's it, man. We had a couple other 44ers on here. We had old Benoit Poutcasse on Ooh, here. Killing it. Oh, man. Nothing but class. Talked about the hobo jungle. Ooh, hobo jungle. My goodness. <laughs> that was and a home was- away from home. <laughs> <laughs> so another, another story. So I talked to Byrne today. I don't know if you know. And uh, he brought up a couple interesting facts. And uh, hobo jungle, or just in general, one of one of them was it. One of them was including hobo jungle. Uh, it was said that you stole a carton of smokes off the back of a truck at a little league game, and then yeah. took that carton of smokes right to hobo jungle. That's the truth. Uh, I was sling- It was actually it was a, it was a case of cigarettes. It was a. So Wait, the, the, a the case delivery, like the a box, big, a big box, 36 cartons of cigarettes. Uh, <laughs> oh my this is God. when you're 13 years old. That's like a fucking gold. I mean, that'd be a gold mine now for Christ's sake. Yeah. But, oh uh, yeah when we were kids, the, the little league. So the truck, uh, you know, I guess they were dropping off their, your, your big league chew and your, you know, whatever soda and stuff at the, at the, at yeah. the little league, but the back hatch was open. Driver yeah. was inside unload. And I just saw a big box that said Marlboro on it. And there sure. were a couple spots in town you could sometimes buy smokes, but when you're 13, you know, it's usually they, they would, they would turn you down. Right. So I, uh, you know, you, you do what you got to do. So I, st- I grabbed this box, which is a huge, huge box, 36 cartons. I ran down the road less than half a mile, but I'm ch- trucking down the road to Hobo. I figured that's the best place. I can't just walk into my home. My folks yeah. are pretty loose, but not that loose. Yeah. So I took it to Hobo Jungle and stashed it in there. And then I started selling them. I just started, you know, slinging packs around until uh, some of the older kids in the neighborhood caught wind and they Ooh. came in and, with uh, garbage bags and just started, you know, filling them up. And there was not much. Yeah. I could do at that point. Yeah, I've been. I've, so, I've, wait, I've so you had a stash. So are, are you saying that you like covered this thing in leaves? Did you yep. bury it? Oh, yeah. Yep. There, so there were some mattresses. There were old mattresses at Hobo. So you dig a ditch out underneath the mat. This is where all the porn mags and the, you know, the what? Yeah. The, the, no doubt. Bottles of booze. Beers and, and you're oh, yep. breaking, breaking. Breaking sacks on bikes and things like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, the bus. You heard the busted nut. Oh, oh I, I heard it. Yeah, kid tried to do. Yeah, there's so there are bike jumps and stuff back there. It was a hell of a spot. Uh, but yeah, yeah. so I, I underneath the mattress, I lifted a mattress up, stashed the cigarettes, and I was slowly trying to bring them in. I used to, I, I used to have my Eagles Park, uh, my uh, my uh, my oh, starter starter starter. Oh, oh hell yeah, dude! You could fit it. You could fit two small children in those pouches. So oh I yeah, I still have one. I, yeah, I still have mine. It's fucked up. That vinyl will never die. Yeah, when yeah. when I when yeah. I wear when I wear the Eagles starter pullover to the game, so much respect. Everyone's like, dude, mm-hmm. that jacket. That Kelly Green, they know it. Yep. And, oh, the and Kelly I have Green, a, great. I have an unfortunate starter jacket story. Um, and if, if any of my family is listening, they know exactly where I'm going with this. <laughs> my family is all Philadelphia people forever since like friggin' 1492. Amen. Except my one aunt, when uh, when she was younger, she as soon as she got married, she moved to Florida, and she became like a super duper Florida person. And man, she would send us starter jackets. It would be like Florida Marlins, uh, Florida Panthers. I remember she had Marlins jersey. I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course, I wore it because it's like the only actual like cool jersey I had. But yeah. like it sucked. Like, lady, you gotta you gotta realize like you're I don't know what you're trying to do here with this Florida, you know, yeah. gear. It's so like anyway. Scientology. You move down there, they start trying to convert everybody. <laughs> yeah. well, I got I mean, I have Marlin season ticks now, so it worked a little bit. 
to to be to be fair, and I'm not trying to say anything bad, but th- it would be like, say if we lived in <laughs> this is a terrible comparison, but we'll probably get cut. Uh, but say we lived, say we lived in Nazi Germany, right? And your Don't aunt moved, it. and your aunt moved to Israel, and she's yeah. sending you like Star of David starter jackets. That's yeah. what she's doing, right? Yeah. I, I mean, mean the, Marlins, the Marlins is, aren't the Mets. Germany. Yes, as of as like as like it's a cult up here when it comes to sports, right? Mm-hmm. Nazis and, are famous for throwing batteries at you too. If they, if they, no. like, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. they hated Santa, you know, they were big and they loved the dog mask, yeah, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so it would be, she's sending you the equivalent of, she's just asking for trouble sending yep. you out of town stuff. Yeah. Like true. Murph, Murph got it. Murph's a New York Yankees yeah. fan. He got That's it pretty true. good. I was raised a Yankees fan. I got it real good. Uh, you know, I, I've become with age, I've become a little bit more of a fan of sports. You know, I just, I, I'm less like hardcore about the teams, uh, yeah. as much. I mean, you know, I was what I was raised. I, I like the, I like the Eagles. Uh, I like the Sixers. I like the Yankees for some reason. I don't know. It just got passed down from my, it's not, it's not hard to like the Yankees. Old man. Yeah. Something about what happened with the Yankees what, and what happened like with a the good Paul the O'Neill. I'll tell you that. Never mind a Paul O'Neill. Yes. Yeah. What about I was there in you got to love Mo. I mean, one of the great Yes. Right. And I was watching uh, Bowfinger last night, the movie Bowfinger, oh. if you guys remember it. Oh, oh. yes. Steve Martin. Yes. Um, and it was produced by somebody named Bernie Williams. And I'm wondering if it's that Bernie Williams. Shut up. I know he's, like a, he's a professional. Uh, he's a professional yeah. musician. So, like. Bernie Williams talked to Eddie Murphy and got Eddie Murphy. Yeah, Steve maybe he got in there. Bernie Williams, what wasn't he center field, right? He was in center fielder. He uh, the the one game uh, I've been to a few over the years, but I remember I was uh, I was at a game with my old man, and we saw a walk off home run from Bernie at Yankee Stadium. It was oh, just a shit. regular season game, but it's fun to see a walk off from Bernie. Yeah, I saw Jim Tomey hit a walk off home run against the Cubs in that there same game. Uh, Sammy Sosa's bat broke, and the whole stadium started a check that bat chant, oh, which was yeah. great. Yes. He had the corked bat gimmick going on. Yeah. That's right. Check that bat, check those veins, check all of it. He was juiced yeah. to the high heavens. Oh, man. That was a hell That's... of a run, though. I, I appreciated those two when they were juiced up. That, that oh, God. Run. It made baseball great. Oh, yeah. Yes, it did. Oh, yeah. They should let everybody juice. Let them let juice. juice. It's Let's really get the best athletes I... possible. It's really weird to think about like baseball even being that exciting or, or care. Oh. I, it might have been like an age thing. Uh, Murph, yeah. I don't I don't know how old you are, but like I'm 32, and that was like the perfect time to be. Oh, that yeah, I, I'm a little older. I'm I'm th- I'm pushing 40, but I uh, wow. but I same. I was still that that was that same. was when baseball came back. I feel well. That's yeah. also like we lived in the time period of like there were so many good baseball movies that had come out too. Like Sandlot, we all loved the Sandlot, that's and I remember amazing. like we would play like we would love when we would play kids from like other towns around us. And it was like the, like you felt like the sandlot, you know, yeah. especially yeah. too, because we would beat the dog shit out of them. You know yeah. what I mean? But this like, revisionist. This did you know, be a little revisionist. We ne- we, I never lost a game to any damn tally in my damn life, pal. You better watch it. All right. Wait, now, did they in Lansdale, did they have the, did you guys do like major league team names for your little league teams? No, no, we were we all sponsors. sponsors. Same, same, yeah. same for us. Yeah, we were, we were like, so we like, I was on a team. Forty Fort Lumber, and yeah, yeah, we were, yeah. yeah, yeah. We were yeah, all like, really uh, gosh, I was on some terrible teams too. I was on some really bad little league teams, really. Yeah, bad. 
Yeah. Polishly bad. I felt bad for the coaches at one point. Looking back, it's like absolutely. <laughs> and, had- and, the, and everybody likes to talk about like the they get mad about the whole like everyone gets a trophy era of of youth sports and how the heyday back when coaches actually hated the kids like yep. uh, bad news bear style. I had a, a coach one time. We we were like a really good team and had a losing streak to miss the playoffs. Ooh. And he, at the end, last game we lost, it was depressing. And he pulled us all together. And he was a really funny guy. Like in retrospect, he was like a hilarious guy that we idiot kids just didn't know. And he got us all together and we thought it was going to be like, you know, I really care about you guys. I know you gave it your all. He's like, I wish I could say I'm proud of you. I can't say that. Uh, have a great <laughs> rest of your summer. You know, we'll, we'll I freaking love this guy. That's definitely yeah. math Mr. Out <laughs> Yes, Mr. Oh. A, if you're out there, man, you you were an inspiration to all of us in, in a weird way. <laughs> Oh, but man. oh, and, and this is a good. I mean, now that baseball's brought up, Murph. We, wait, wait, Mikey A's dad, Angel. Yes, yes, oh, yes. God. An all-time yeah, funny guy. That dude, that dude was a boss. <laughs> he was. He was. Um, uh, oh, but that's what I wanted to bring up. Um, since we're talking baseball, I watched your 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 skit on on uh, YouTube. Your baseball skit. Oh and- yeah, I tried out. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious. What is this? Give me, give me a, give me a synopsis of the gimmick. What do we got? So, so when I was on the uh, the Gethard show, I uh, some people dug up uh, some of my old. I made the papers a couple times when I was a, a young uh, baseball player, sixteen years old, star stars kind of thing. I was I was a pretty good ball player, and uh, so they dug some that. of that up. And I I don't know. I th- I guess I drunkenly once said I could make like a minor, some minor league team somewhere if I actually tried out. So this is now, you know, at this point I was 35, 36 years old. I'm fucking fat, drunk, you know, out of shape. But I was like, I could probably make one of these teams. And someone said, well, I I don't, I think you're overestimating your talent. I was like, come on, how, how tough could it be? So, (laughs) so I tried it and you, and as you'll see, it's a sad state of affairs. It's uh, I didn't end up making the cut. Uh, Wait, wait, so you tried out for the team? I tried out for the Somerset Patriots. They're an independent league uh, 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 operation in, uh, in New Jersey. Um, and yeah, they play. I mean, uh, uh, Jody, the, the coach was an old. Uh, he was the 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 old uh, pitching coach for the Yankees. So he he coached there. They had some great talent. Um, and uh, yeah, I just went. It was an open tryout. So I how I drove old were you? Thirty six. I was about thirty. See, yeah, that's probably about uh, three three did years. You, ago, did you do any training at all for this? Well, I did. I did a little. I hit the cages. I went to the batting cages <laughs> a little bit. Uh, you know, I I lost a step. I was also a leadoff hitter and a center fielder. So. You know, oh, you boy. put on, I probably put on, Jesus Christ, almost uh, 70, 80 pounds since, since my prime. So, you know, as a leadoff hitter, you, you lose more than a step. So I was, I was just a plump <laughs> mess out there trying to, yeah. trying to make, trying to make it. So I, I made it all. I, we went to the tryout. They shot the whole thing. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was fun, but it was, uh, yeah, I was, I was not making the cut. Damn. That's <laughs> great though. Yeah, it was. Dude, it was I, I remember, I remember uh, when we were, when you guys were living on 20th and Fairmount, right at that mm-hmm. house and we were all partying there one night and your brother was there and you guys started, you guys started talking, you guys started talking your shit. And then he's yeah. like B, right? Everyone called him B, yep. your brother. Yep. B. Meyer. yep. Yep. So they, he was talking your shit and it was about who was faster. So they had a race in the middle of 20th street, like 20th and Fairmount. And it was like, I remember, cause I did the, the chick, like 
Go. The drop was high. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right? It was nothing and, fast. Though. Everything was furious about that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, and Larry's like, we, we were like halfway up the block. And then, you know, we counted the like a hundred steps and whatever. And there was like a crowd, like a little bit away. And you had to pass this thing. And we were just hoping cars weren't going to show, come down the street at the same time. But we did it. And we, <laughs> the end of the race, B actually won. Sorry, Murph. No, but, I did I pulled yeah. up name, didn't I? Yeah, and your exact words were, "Well, if you live the life that I lived the last ten years, you pull up lame too." <laughs> <laughs> you gotta talk to the little brother. Yeah, the oh, Christmas future there, dude. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I've never, and I'll say this openly, and I hope he hears it. I've never lost my little brother at anything, and I never fucking will. I'll tell Ooh, you that right there's, now. There's the gauntlet. I'll tell you that unless it's a smoking D contest, it ain't happening. All right. Yeah. Oh, so this is that one every day of the week. Need, if you need a flag girl at the at uh, the smoking D contest between you, <laughs> I'll drop I'll drop the flags. So we had uh, I my one buddy does Civil War reenactments. Uh, my buddy Alan Bach does Civil War reenactments, and if you've never been to one, you should go. They're fuck unreal entertainment. But uh, at the Civil War reenactments, they have like a shot, like a gift tent, where a bunch of all get all this gimmicks there. So at this gift tent, I bought three knives and then it's like a carbon fiber fucking Kevlar piercing tomahawk, right? <laughs> so I bought that too. And then the next night I was over, my my wife is is really good friends with Shake's wife. So like I would go over and, and they were hanging out. Like I think my wife and his wife were hanging out. So I went over to Shake's house to hang out and a couple other buddies are there. And I was like, guys, I just got all these knives and the tomahawk in my trunk. Let's go. Let's go. You know? So we're in like his apartment complex and we're trying to get him to stick into trees. Didn't hit one. Right. (laughs) So I was like, fuck this. We just need a better tree. Couldn't find a tree. Yeah. Couldn't find a tree, but we found a nice telephone pole. And let me tell you, that didn't work either. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, we were this close from nailing a car because like, Yes, I threw the time like you're winging this thing because you want it to stick. I threw this thing at the at the at the telephone pole, flies off, just misses a car, and I'm like, oh my god! All right, one more try, then we'll go back in. But it was yeah. brutal, brutal. My brother assholes bachelor party. We got a hotel in the Poconos, and there was like mm-hmm. 20 guys there. And what I told everyone, I was like, look, everyone just bring a Nerf gun to the bachelor party, right? So like the one night we came back from the casino, it's like two in the morning, right? And we're all kind of like go down. But as soon as we got back, I broke out the Nerf guns and we had a massive Nerf battle because we all were on the same floor and we had like five rooms on the same floor. So we were just going with these Nerf guns for like an hour. It was the funnest shit. Like I felt bad for the cleaning lady because they must have been finding like those Nerf pellets for weeks after, <laughs> but it was a blast. Like the Nerf guns came in handy. Dude, but... remember those Nerf? When we were kids, those Nerf guns, they were like single shot. They were like muskets. Now they're oh. like fully automatic. <laughs> oh, dude, you have no, like when we, and also too, when we were kids, you would get what, like 10 good shots out of a Nerf gun, then that thing's busted, right? Yeah. Now, these dude, like I had a sim, like I had an automatic one that had a rocket launcher on the bottom of it, and it was like battery powered, like just like yeah. smoking guys. Yep. We had we had machine guns, we had all of it, man. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? 
Have you always dreamed of writing a book, but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, T is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go. Nerf guns and water guns were subject to the one friend in the in the town that had like the cool dad that was like down. And Matt, frankly, like your family always had a bunch of cool shit. You guys had like a go-kart. It wasn't even a go-kart. What was that thing? It was, it was like, like a, a, like a dude yeah kind of yeah yeah you had like the pitching yeah. machine that was a that was yep. a great summer when the pitching machine came to yeah. came to Hell shape yeah. this guy's Hell flying yeah. by in the dune buggy doing a super soaker drive-by just yeah <laughs> dude, <laughs> and, yeah and that. the rest of us are living like neanderthals like yeah let's get the water balloons ready i guess yeah. Gonna rub yeah. two sticks together and get something yeah. going. <laughs> I, it might have explained why my dad declared bankruptcy five times. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that all went on the Sears card. Yeah. Yeah. But no, we did like uh yeah, we had have we we also had this one thing that we used to do is we had like for some reason we had a basket of tennis balls that had like 50 tennis balls in it, right? Mm-hmm. So what we would do is in my backyard we would set up like trash cans and like tents and like different like kind of like pieces of wood as like blockers and someone would stand up on my balcony, right? And you would have the tennis balls on the balcony and there was like a like a basket on the balcony and then at every station there was like a different ball. So what you would do is you would run from station to station and try to knock off the basket while they're trying to hit tennis balls at you, just like American Gladiators. Gladiators, yeah. yep. That's what I was thinking. Not quite the same costumes, not the same uniforms. Those unitards. Yeah. We didn't have a 44 to Lum Zap there either. Found that out. Get Zap. Going. Zap was from 44. Oh, are, oh yeah. did you? You really need to listen to Burns' episode. You I do. I don't know. Is it true? The old, old clock and gift shop shake. <laughs> yes, and and curios. That's <laughs> we, curio, we pat- like curio cabinet. I found like a commercial, uh, like a ye old clock and gift shop commercial on YouTube, and I patched it in for the podcast, and I. When I did it, I thought like, oh, it'll just be like a clip for like three seconds where they say ye old clock and gift shop. But she keeps going on and on with all these weird like knickknacks and curios and stuff. And I, I just I had to leave it all in there. It's all in. Copyright yeah. problem, probably. We also might be hearing from the Beatles lawyer from uh, one of the other episodes. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. No, they're they'll they'll come to get in line. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're not at the front of that line. That's for sure, Zap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Sorry, Ringo. After we deal with Zap, we'll deal with your lawyer. Yeah. It's like, Ringo, have you seen Zap, man? You seen his fucking, his, his guns? He'll come for it. <laughs>
Yeah, you don't want to get hit by the wood chipper either. You know. So Remember yeah. guts? Guts? What was guts? Was like uh, you know, teenage like kid. Yeah, right? it was kid. Yeah, it was kid. Uh, it was kid American gladiator. Yeah, which is never as fun. I mean, the aggro, that crag thing, that was. Ugh. If you could get a piece of the crag, that's it, dude. If I can, if I can not even come close to making a baseball team at this age, I can take that aggro crag on. I think. I'll tell you what, <laughs> my uh, my brother, will my brother asshole will tell a story. There was a kid in his grade school that uh, claimed that he was on guts, the TV show. And the poor oh, kid was just, well, the poor kid was just tortured every time he, like he would walk by. It was just like, and then like for, for months, for months, you just walk up to him and be like, Hey, Hey, do you have it? Have what? Guts, you know? So <laughs> Nailed him. So yeah, was this, that was, was this kid like uh, your typical kid pathological liar kind of kid? Yeah, he was like uh, compensating kind of lying. Kid. Yeah, it sounds like three YouTube, one of those three YouTube bullshitters where he's like, "No, I was on guts," and you're like, "No, we can stream every episode of it. We we, we looked dude, for it. We didn't see it." Yeah. Dude, I'll tell you what. You know what's funny now? And I had said this the other day is that the age of being a bullshitter is over. Oh, you done. can't. That's done. You can't yes. like that ended years ago. Like bullshitters were like worked out years ago. You can't yeah. just throw out random facts saying like. Yeah, I got a Mickey Mantle rookie card, no problem. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that ain't happening, bro. That no. ain't happening. You gotta have the proof in the pudding. Part right? of it, you gotta have it, the, the the belt. You do gotta have the belt. A part of it's sad. I mean, I, I like you get to you get to suss out the bullshitters real quick, but I feel like Wikipedia is ruined. Like you know, there used to be a little bit of back and forth where you'd go, oh, I don't know if you know was, was he you know was 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 he on the same team as Reggie White in ninety? Was he you know was he on that same offensive exactly. line? Yeah. That shit yeah. used to be fun. Now it's just like, boom, boom, you know it, and it's well, over. So, but also, it, it, it's like ugh, the fucking, the worst type of people, like the, that, you know, have the lowest self-esteem that have you argue about every bullshit. Like, you can't say a question without them thinking they know the answer, but they don't. They just look up the answer on Google. It's not the yep. same. No, it's not yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh my God, that kind of shit annoys the hell out of me. But yeah. either way, all right. We kind of got off to a really great start here, <laughs> um, but this this show is about the one and only Murph Meyer, the man, the myth, the legend, the man that makes dreams come true, Murph Meyer. So a uh, little background, Murph Meyer was born in Luzerne County, but grew up in 44 PA. He went to public school until ninth grade. Then they said, we got to sh- whip this kid into shape. Sent him over to Catholic school with the rest of the jabrones, right? Yeah. And while he's there, he was quite. And I'll tell you what, you you kind of didn't you kind of dumbed this down a little bit. You were a hell of a ball player, and you, you know, like a lot. I've heard it from several mouths now that this kid could fucking play ball. He was playing ball, and you kind of you know you kind of shit it out being a jabron. Things mm-hmm. do that. I got to you know. I wasn't that good of a wrestler, but you know, I didn't, I quit the team and everything too. But you know, mm-hmm. I remember when I was a junior, I had a 3% in English and went on academic probation. And they're like, oh, well, that's what happens. I've seen you and Tim Casey wrestle. You can, you can grapple. Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, I'm from Pennsylvania. You can grapple better than anybody. You know? That's the truth. Anyone mm-hmm. from any other state can go smoke a D as far as I'm concerned. So we can we got some here. Yeah. Tom we got some. 
We got some of your background of shitting in hampers and stealing cartons of smokes and all that stuff. <laughs> Having to have an offensive lineman watch you jerk it into a cup every month. <laughs> so, oh, scrap. Yep, yep, yep. Scrapping Yep. Yep. You're so, you your homework here. Oh, we, <laughs> Murph, Murph, when people found out you were on, for some reason, they just were chock full of stories, yeah. pal. Let me tell you. Maybe that so, guy will come on. Maybe. Oh, Scrap, I'll tell you. He, uh, Dude. well, go ahead. You go through your thing. I got a quick side thing about Scrap. I was just saying to Shake, I would love to have someone like, like, so, and I think I said this to you, where that if you're in the NFL, like, drug policy or whatever it is, and you are, it's like 28 months that you're under surveillance where they can call you anytime and you got to show up and you got to piss. And there's a guy that'll be there almost every time that will watch you piss. So he would have seen your schwanz at least 28 times, if not Ooh. more. Right. Yep. yep. Who's, whose job is that? What is it's, this guy like? I need like, yeah, he just a, stares at the, it's, it's, like, he has to watch you pee. Humanizing. He he watch you pee. Yeah. Like, you got, well, cause they got the wizenator, you know what I mean? So you got to actually see the stream coming yeah, out of the yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you know, you got that hose and the little, you get the little, uh, warm, uh, you put a nine volt battery and it's got a little chamber. You get, you well, get, dude, we've all done the, we've all done the visine bottle in the palm all day. Yeah, that everybody you knows that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're watching that, it. They're dude, watching that's day. That was back. That's middle. Tube school. the cup. They see it come out. Yeah. I was, dude, it is weird when you have to ask your friends for piss, but either way, uh, yeah, Hey, I'll, I'll pass them all now. I'll tell you that. Um, that's a friend. Yeah. So, uh, but I would love to find like, okay, let's ask ourselves this question real quick. How much would you have to get paid to watch men piss in cups? Watch them piss in cups <laughs> you know, every I, day, for all me, day. On camera, I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna pass around only because it's it's a power play. You know what I mean? It's it's not even about the money for for at least for scrap. You know, being being a PO, he is a power play for him. He liked he liked to be able to just you know catch people in the act and and cuff yeah. them and, and and cart them off. That was his whole thing. So what. Well, I, bet I they feel like, like, but also, did they get off on making you bladder shy? Right? It I'm did. not gonna lie. Lavelle, it is it tough to piss while some other dude's watching you. No doubt. I'll tell you. Yeah, no especially doubt. when the stakes are, especially when you're sneaking in, like you know, because so the strips they would got me for was THC, coke, and uh, opiates. So it was like you know, okay. couldn't couldn't do any of the Percocets. Couldn't do you know, this was before my heroin days. So couldn't do yeah. any of the painkillers. Couldn't couldn't smoke weed. But, you know, I, I was doing acid. So then you go, what drugs can I do while I'm, while I have to take these piss tests? Sure. So I was doing some acid and occasionally some ecstasy. But with that ecstasy, when we were kids, it wasn't, you know, the kids now, they got this Molly. It's just pure MDMA. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. But back in the day, you didn't know what the hell you were getting with, with oh, taking yeah. the pill. So I sweated out a few times. And I'll tell you, honestly, I used to be fine whizzing in front of people. I never really had a problem ever since then, like going to the troughs and stuff at, at, uh -huh. at you're going anywhere. Like I, I, I'm a little gun shy. Mm -hmm. And I definitely think it's from this fucking six, eight dude standing yeah. behind me just breathing on my neck while i gotta go that's i don't think anybody a hey, little, little struggle there bro. Little, little light stream today huh <laughs> dude i'll tell you what ecstasy back in the day was legit the jersey turnpike of drugs it oh, was yep. awful anything could have been in there off the, the floor when that, yep. yeah. when that shit hit the streets that was like seriously that was trouble. I knew a bunch of people that had trouble with that stuff big time. And what's so, even worse is these fucking morons, they make the whole goddamn thing illegal. They made those test strips illegal. 
and they made those tough to get. So I'm like, you don't even want people to know what, like, if there's anyone out there trying to do drugs responsibly, they want to say, well, let me get a pill, shave a little off, you know, see what the fuck I'm actually t- putting in my body here. And they were yeah. like, no, no, no. Even the test strips are, are illegal. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You mm, want people? Yeah. Jesus. There yeah, was like what they're doing. But uh, yes, either way. So, yeah, no one, no one knows. So. Uh, so let's get so the universe. Move on. I'll just want one. Yeah, more, yeah, one more do, it, do it, do it, do it, no, do it, do it. Matt Skrepinek was the P it was my PO. He was the one breathing on my neck while I was urinating as a child. Uh, but then his brother was actually a lineman in the NFL, had a brief career, a football career. He was kind of a hero around here. I uh, went to GAR high school and he played in the NFL briefly. And then he became Luzerne County commissioner. But then he got busted. So his brother, uh, Scrap, uh, gets busted for uh, he was using the, the county debit card for personal purchases. And he put the county in the hole like two million dollars. Uh, so oh. there's like so much corruption in Luzerne County. So he ended up going away for a little while. So that was a little bit of a, you know, nice little universe. You know, <laughs> I want to breathe on his neck a little bit and be like, all I'm right. Sure. Man, I'm, you sure take he's, off. I'm sure he's six, eight. I'm sure he did fine upstate. I'm Just sure. Fine. I'm sure. Yeah. Unless there's <laughs> Nine feet tall, breathing on his neck. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he had plenty of friends. Jesus, but so okay. So let's let's move on a little bit. Uh, whilst being a star ball player, you had a couple jobs. Now I want to run through this. If you want to stop and talk about it, because this is a long goddamn list, and we're already we're already in the second half of this gimmick. So uh, you were picking strawberries on O'Malley's farm. Tell me about it. Yep, that was my first gig. Uh, when a uh, summer, summer job, I was about thirteen. Uh, it was a cash job. It was a, it's a tough gig. So I was just picking strawberries at O'Malley's farm all day. You're out in the sun. You're you're bent over. You know, I mean, I could never even. I'm I'm, I'm struggling with my shoes now. I like to go Crocs because I don't have to bend over and fucking tie my shoes. So <laughs> bending over and picking strawberries all day. That's that's the labor, man. That's the Jesus. That's a tough gig. So I, that was my first one. I, I two weeks I lasted. I was a punk. I fucking I got. <laughs> Some cash in my pocket. I said, this will get me uh, maybe through a month of the summer, so I'm good. That's a brutal-ass job. That's like real labor. People yeah. don't realize. That's some real shit, man. That's oh, no shit. doubt. Those are those Oof. jobs, these fucking morons. Oh, people, uh, you know, Mexicans coming up and taking the jobs. And I'm like, yeah, where you want to fucking out there in the sun picking yeah, strawberries? They can have that fucking job. You're going to sit your fat ass on the couch and eat those strawberries, but you're not going to go out and pick them. Yeah. What are what are your coworkers like at a job like that? Is it is it a bunch of kids or a mix? Bunch of kids, yeah. O'Malley was, paying under was the there table. One old guy there. Yeah, oh yeah, one 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 legend, like one 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 really really old dude who like you never saw him stand up straight. He just his spine was. <laughs> he's like, and he would turn to him back. Like, Don't do this job again. <laughs> Get out while you can. Yeah, Puts a no, strawberry no. in your pocket and sends you on your yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, the strawberries he was picking were the were the real special ones. Yeah, it was mostly kids, mostly under the table. You know, less than minimum wage. Your skirt yep. that, that move. Yeah, so, yeah it's a, it's a summer. There. That's not, all right. So then let's move on to Abe's hot dogs. Tell me about it. Abe's Abe's is a uh, an, an excellent hot dog joint uh, in uh, in the area here. And uh, yeah, I worked there briefly. I was uh, it was kind of a. Uh, um, it was not, it was not my best self at that point. I was on a lot of substances, but you know, the fast food joint, most, most people are that work there. So it was a, just a drive through. They got a great everything dog, little mini yeah. potato pancakes. They're, they're, they're really good. So oh, nothing like a good locker. Yep. Little, Love little, a good locker. little sour cream in there. It's a good, it was a good, so I worked there for a little bit. Uh, I worked at pizza loving, which was another one of those kind of jobs. Just a pizza so joint is Abe's. So Abe's is like, 
is a is a hot dog joint in but it's like a like a family run hot dog joint in yeah. the valley. Yeah, it's a local one in the valley. Uh yeah, and it's just they got there's one in Wilkes Bear that's the original one. So a lot of people complain. They say, Oh, you worked at Abe's. Oh, where? The one in Kingston and not not in Wilkes Bear on Barney Street. And I said, No, not the original one, but still uh still like a local joint. Yeah, and it's still the same damn people owning it. It is. No, people want to argue about which street the fucking hot dogs are. are people are arguing. giving you some shit about this. This is contentious. You bet. You bet. Yeah. No, they want to know which Abe's, man. You can't just float. Oh, I worked at Abe's. Oh, which one? Yeah. Which one? Oh, that one stinks. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, is this, is this a walk-up kind of place? Like a walk-up yeah. window? They got a little drive-through, and it's a little. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's like walking through at time. It's like you know the 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 the, the restaurant. The time forgot. It's beautiful. They got the old orange like Formica booths, and you know the little oh, counter. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Nice. great. Job. Damn, great. Job. Yeah, worth the drive. Absolutely, dude. Get go go tonight. You might be able to get them before they close. Go, man. Take us on the road. Cannonball run. Cannonball run to Abe's. So what do you guys oh, put on your? What do you put on a hot dog? You guys. What? what ketchup, what mustard, relish. The every the everything is uh, ketchup, mustard, relish, chili. You go Whoa. Yep. Yep. Yeah. What are you doing on your wieners, there, Shake? Well, as a as a, a true buyer's boy, I was strictly nothing but in a, a crazy amount of ketchup. On my hot dogs as a kid, that's how we roll. You guys, ketchup and is your favorite. I have since kicked ketchup. Um, it was it was a, a, a negative force in my life. It was controlling me, and I got rid you, of it. Are, are you still allowed in your family? Uh, I'm not. Well, no. I moved like three thousand miles away from my family yeah. because of it. Yeah. But my yeah. wife lets me stay in her home, so you know she's a Californian. Maybe. They're anti ketchup out here, so I'm I'm right at home. Do they told So one at a time, guys. Who? <laughs> go, Lavelle. Go. I was just gonna say you should have told your wife that your first love was ketchup. She knows. Oh, she knows. She knows, man. Yep. But I'll tell you. Or do you did you substitute something for else for ketchup? I uh, since then I've I've actually like done like a, a, an awakening of all kinds of foods that I just denied as a kid because I was an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Recently, like guacamole is like I'm a I'm obsessed Big with fan. guacamole and avocados, but uh, onions, onions on a hot dog is really good. Yeah. Uh, mustard with it is good. Mustard and onions. And uh, a few years ago, actually many years ago now, I worked at a sandwich shop and we had a deep fryer and the guy I worked with would deep fry hot dogs. If you the guys best. have never deep fried a hot dog, it is a fantastic journey. It's a great yeah. thing to do. It's uh, actually a corn dog town. So, uh, yeah, Graham, Graham's pub, land of the free home of the brave, uh, Graham's pub has the Graham's dog. Now get a load of this. It is a fried hot dog, which they only take a minute to fry, which is one of the best things. And they come out like crispy. Nice. Then you have your bun. You put cream cheese on the bun. (laughs) Then you put some bacon and then you put some sauteed onions. Let me tell you, we've sold a lot of Graham's dogs. That's a big hit. Wouldn't have thought cream cheese with a hot dog with some, you know, mm-hmm. bacon and onions with anything. But yeah, I'm telling you, it's a big hit. I'm That's telling right you, up but- the alley of like Philadelphia food, like just, oh yeah, just hit it right to the arteries, baby. Yes, yeah, yeah. that South the Philly fry- roll with the fucking, uh, you take the take the slice of, uh, uh, what do you call on South Street there? Jesus, my brain is dead. Uh, Lizzie, not Leonardo's. What's the big slices on South Street? uh the delisandro's the pizza uh, well, slice the gym, yeah the pizza slice 
Oh, I don't fucking know. Whatever. They got a huge slice, and then there's Jim's cheesesteaks there. So you take a cheesesteak, and you wrap it in the in the pizza slice. What? Is yeah, that a thing? It's a fucking thing. My brother did it. I, I've, I've yet to try it. I mean, it sounds like a like like just a decadent. Is Jim's, is Jim's where TC got in a fight with all those guys? That's the one. Yeah, that's the one on South Street there. Fucking yeah. Biff Sweater. Can't Biff keep Sweater. that guy down. Love that guy. <laughs> Shout out Biff Sweater. Yeah. So, all right. So let's keep it trucking because we got a lot of ground to cover. All right. So I'm going to compile the next four. So uh, you were a driver at an escort service, also a janitor at an insurance company while selling drugs, and you had two social security numbers. Please explain. <laughs> so oh, that's boy. so this stretches. Yeah, I uh, so just working at a gig. I had a friend who uh, she she was uh, doing the escort work, and uh, the place she was working at, the, some of the girls were getting ripped off. And you know, you go to motels and stuff. You got a lot of these scumbags who don't want to pay and whatever else. So they they started just you know hiring drivers to kind of take the take the girls to where they needed to be, make sure everything was on the up and up. Uh, so I did that gig for a little while, um, and then uh, soon after that, I. I tried to get a job as a janitor at an insurance company and they ran my social. This is when I was 18 years old. So I didn't really have uh, too much. This is pre, I don't know, the credit scores. This is the first time I had my social kind of run. And they told me that they, they came back and said, Oh, you got a bunch of outstanding debts in Vegas and, and at the Flamingo hotel and you got a car, you know, it was repossessed and all, you know, you have bad credit. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're a no go for this gig. But as they're telling me this, I'm like, I've never been to, you know, never even been to Vegas. I don't know what the hell this is all about. So, I thought it might have been a, a case of, of stolen identity, but it turns out I went through. So this now this process is I'm just going to fast forward it, but it took about over a year. I had to write uh, Congressman Konjorski, uh in Pennsylvania here when, to, to try to track this down because I had to go to the, uh, the Social Security Department, which is a branch of the federal government that's got like a billion dollar fucking budget. They doubled up on socials. So when I was born, they gave me someone else's social security number, a dude who was already alive, who lived in who was in Vegas. So now he was a few years older than me so he already had this life and i was attached to this so as it turns out i went and i showed him my fucking card i was like this is the social security number i got when i was born or shortly after whatever my folks got me this one so i i went there and they the woman's looking at me at the social security department I'm like what the fuck is like this has got to be we don't double up and i was like well you, you it sounds like you doubled up so they gave me a new one so then i had two so you know i, I start thinking well what can i do with two socials so you know i'm, I'm pulling all sorts of shenanigans but yeah. As it turns out, the one I have now, this is probably you know, 20 years ago now, but when I had it, I'd go out for jobs. I'd give them the social and they'd be like, you're one year old. You're one year old. You're two years old. Like, what the hell is. So I had to like juggle a thing. They never fully combined the two of them. So I don't know where that I, I can't get a credit card. I took me forever to even get a bank account. So I got weird shit with my social. So that was the social security situation. That's a you can double down on a social security number. Apparently you can. They did it. They absolutely did it with me. That's like, I don't know. How, I tried to Google it and be like, is there a Reddit group? Like that is absurd. Is that? <laughs> That's like reincarnation or something. Do you think maybe this guy, like he wasn't supposed to, you know, I've considered a or something. <laughs> yeah. I want to meet him. I want to meet him. And of course my fucking life. He's had a great life. Apparently. <laughs> I know. I get the I couldn't get the guy that could get me like the platinum card. I had to get the yeah. guy who's in Vegas. Who's got all these outstanding debts. I couldn't have got like fucking Jeff Bezos' socialism. <laughs> but yeah, that so that was unreal. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then I, uh, when I moved to New York, I, I got a job uh, as a security guard at the Museum of Sex. So that was a fun gig when I first started. I was bartending and working at the Museum of Sex, just like kind of watching over the, uh, the vibrators and the dildos and whatnot. Oh, man. So did you ever have to say, shake down a John that tried not to pay when you were working 
No, I think once the word, I think even just saying that we were out there, they had like a company car. I don't know if it was like a, 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 maybe a Chevy Blazer or a Bronco or something. But once we sat out there in the parking lot and the guys knew that, that there was someone there, they, they, there was no, no shenanigans. I mean, and I'm not much of a physical presence. So (laughs) if anything really shit did hit the fan, I don't know what the hell I would have done, but I guess it's free tonight. I mean, these are cowards, you know, like someone who's going to yeah. pull that move is a fucking coward. So as long as they knew someone was, was sitting out there, I think that I never. Yeah. Nice. All right. So then the, and you went over the two social security numbers, janitor at the insurance company. Uh, you are also an orderly at a hospital. Yes. I, I worked the third shift at a, as a, as an orderly at a, in the, at the psych ward, uh, at Abington hospital. And, uh, yeah, that was a that was a, that was a fun gig. I met a lot of wonderful people. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit the other day. Uh, the staff, man, it's like it's cuckoo's nest shit where you got like nurse ratchets and like the staff was was hit or miss. There was a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, uh, questionable human beings who worked there. Now, as far as the people who were there, beautiful people, wonderful people, got to meet so many great great individuals. Uh, but yeah, if you're on like suicide watch or someone would come into the ER with either an overdose or a psychotic episode or something, they'd have to have someone, you know, sit in the room with them and keep, you know, like the, they, sometimes the four point restraints, they'd fucking tie people to the beds and shit. So I was a person who kind of sat in there with them and you know, that, that, that graveyard shift, man, that's like, dude, that's an excellent, was- that's an excellent premise for a TV show. Yeah. Right? Like, orderly. So like, yeah. Like, well, think about it. You, you could, the legit, the TV show could be like, you know, the first one's like the guy wakes up and goes like wakes up in the middle of the night, drives to work, sits there. And the first person he talks to is like a nut job. Like, you know, he has to babysit someone. And then the next night he has to babysit another person. And like each episode can just be the story of how that person got there. You know what I mean? And then eventually he'll meet a girl there and start banging her in the hospital, which is I don't know what the hell is wrong with you. Banging people like. <laughs> You're banging a nurse of the psych ward. I mean, come on. Yeah, that didn't end well. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't start Uh, well, didn't end well. So would it it be like your job to relate with people and just like hang out and try to calm them down? Yeah. Uh, And I imagine like your personality would be a huge asset to that. Yeah, I'll tell you, I actually, you know, it's like the good cop, bad cop thing. Because it was honestly, my whole thing there was just like treating people like fucking human beings. Because that's just what, you know, that's just, Mm -hmm. I don't know, in my nature. But a lot of the people there were hard asses. So, you know, they do the thing, they come in, they're trying to tie people to the bed. And I'd say, you know, let them let, just give me, give me 10 minutes here. And I, I was not even, I didn't even have training. Like I was an order. It was an <laughs> entry level. I'm not a nurse. I'm not a psychiatrist of any sort. Uh, I've, just, you know, I've lived, I've lived two lives according to the social security department, but you know, you live a life, you get to know people. So no, I loved it. I, and, and I got along with, 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 and now there's of course some people who are, you know, having psychotic episodes legitimately that, are beyond, you know, the conversational, yeah. but a lot of this stuff is just, just talking to people and connecting with them. So I, right. I loved the, the, the hours fucked with me, I think for years after just doing that, like, you know, that those seven to seven overnight or 11 to seven shifts yeah. and stuff that was rough. Uh, but yeah, That's no, the, the gig talking to people, like, cause you know, they, they wake up and it's, you know, if someone tried to take their life and they're they, in the, go to the ER and you know, they wake up the first person they see, you want to be there just being like, Hey man. And if you want to talk, we'll talk. And usually they ultimately did. But, you yeah. know, I didn't force anything, but they just had to have someone in the room to make sure that they're not chugging the hand sanitizer or trying to, you know, do, do, or harm themselves in whatever way. But it what was- would. OK, so would the orderly, I guess, be the name of that show? Pretty much, well, hospital worker is what uh, my title was there. Whatever, like hospital worker. <laughs> <laughs> the most, 
fucking vague. You're like, what does that even mean? Uh, but yeah, the orderly is a better title for a television program than Jeez, hospital. Jeez. Yeah. So, all right. Damn, that's interesting, man. Yeah, okay. So uh, after orderly at the hospital, that's when you were living in Maniunk. And that's kind of the time that you and me first met when your life changed forever. And that's then... <laughs> And then uh, after that, you moved back to the Valley for a little bit. You're a bartender at Boylan's. Is that the name of the joint? That's right. Uh, Boylan's and Murphy's. Uh, now it's, it's it's Murphy's. It was Boylan's for many years, uh, and now it's and now it's Murphy's. So my old man was a bartender there. My brother was a bartender there. So then I, I got a gig there when I moved back to back here for a little stretch before I moved to New York. So, Shake, I don't know if you've ever seen these, like the house bars. Right. But I guess they were, they were birthed during the prohibition era. Right. So it's a, it's a house like a, is it a twin or just like a normal house? Just like a normal house. People converted just their, like their living rooms, like the front part of their house, you know, or the first floor or whatever. Uh, It's kind of, yeah. Yeah. They'd like turn the whole front of the, the, uh, the house into bars. So like on every corner here in, in, in uh, Luzerne County here in the Northeastern PA, it's all, the, what they call them is beer gardens. My, uh, my, yeah. my mother told me recently that that's what they used to, uh, they used to call them. So it was just like, Oh, I'm going down the beer garden, which was mm-hmm. just someone's living room that had turned into a bar. But now that's, <laughs> that's what all the bars are. It look, just looks like a house. Then you just see like a neon fucking Budweiser sign in the window and you're like, yeah, there's a beer garden. Let's, oh, that's that's beautiful. Beer. Yeah. I never, we don't, we don't have them down here, but I would love yeah. to start them. I've been to but... Austin. They have them in Austin. There's like a, a famous strip in Austin that has them. Yeah. And man, that's a that's been a big thing. I've never really been a big bar guy, but I've been mm-hmm. like super hankering for bars since COVID hit. I don't know oh, why, for sure. but I just want to go to one in like the afternoon and hang for a while. Yeah, they're good hang spots. It feels like because it does. It feels like you're just going over to somebody's house. You know, they got like furniture that looks like it's you know just like a, like a living room. You're just going to hang out and drink. So there's 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 a, there's a nice the ambiance as they say. Yeah. <laughs> I, plus two, like there, that's like a hometown place, right? Like yeah. that's where all the the home the homies hang, right? It is. Well, it's coal, it's from it's it's coal country here, so you know that the yeah. other thing too is they used to wash down the coal dust, is what they used to say after the shift down in the mines. They'd go to a beer garden and you'd have to wash down that coal dust, which was in fact uh, black lungs. There's no. You, there's no I'll now. tell you what, you descendants of coal miners can drink like no other. Oh boy. You guys are fun. Oh. You guys can put it away. Windsor, right? Isn't that Pulaski's oh, yeah. gimmick? Loves a good oh, Windsor. Oh man, that whiskey goes down. Yeah, no, we can, it's funny because I, I didn't go to, to college, but, uh, you know, I went to a lot of college parties with my friends and whatnot. And, uh-huh. uh, a lot of the places people went to, everyone who comes from the Valley said they went to college freshman year. All the kids are like, you fucking drink with these, these lunatics from Pennsylvania. Like they can fucking, it was kind of normalized growing <laughs> yeah. up. We're just like, yeah, I don't know. We drink yeah. a fair amount, but it's, mm-hmm. yeah. It's yeah. never no doubt. I had a buddy who uh, moved to Brooklyn and he spent, I don't know, he, he's probably there for like at least a year and he came back for Christmas once and we were all at the bar like a couple nights before Christmas and we were all getting loaded and he said like that's like the number one thing that is different is when I come back home, I can't believe how much people are just like in like social situations family situations not like oh we're about to binge drink situations it's more hey i'm going out with my family i also you know put down nine beers at regular dinner and i'm still trying to you know like that's like very i don't think we know about it in pennsylvania until we get out of it you know i couldn't agree more man so you see how i thought this is just how people lived no no no. yeah (laughs) 
same. That is how we so, that's how we get by. I think I'll yeah. tell you what our, our batting average for functioning alcoholics is pretty goddamn good. Uh, <laughs> a lot of us I think take we, care of our business. A lot of we us. In, we invented it, pal. You know, that's where it comes from is down here. But uh, okay, so let's keep it going. So uh, after Boylan's, you moved to New York, and like he said, you're a security at the Museum of Sex. Yep. Right. Where basically it's just like, from what you were telling me, at least it's kind of like a glorified sex toy shop. Is that yeah, right? Pretty much. It's, it's, it's a cool, they have, uh, there's one in Amsterdam called the museum of sex and they really have all these great exhibits. And so people, it was a tourist trap. So this is in midtown, uh, you know, in the flat iron district of Manhattan. It's so whatever fifth Avenue and something 23rd or whatever the hell it is. But so this is like where a lot of tourists will come from all over the world and they think, Oh, the museum of sex. We've heard like the one in Amsterdam. I'm like, nah, man, the one in Amsterdam is like the real deal. Like you're, th- this yeah. is like the version. I mean, still, I guess, you know, if you got your tourists coming from Nebraska or whatever the hell and they're like, Oh my God, it's a penis on the wall. But <laughs> European travelers, they come in and they're like, what the fuck? Like, all right, yeah. well, this sex shop, whatever. Those so BYU yeah. grads loved it. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Mormons. <laughs> <bring it out. laughs> the Rumspringer crowd comes in. Especially. <laughs> they're going wild. Uh, yeah. So that was a gig. That was a fun, the great people worked there though. That was a fun gig. That always makes a difference, man. So, so not not a real museum though. They're not they're not getting nonprofit status or anything. No, no, they're all they're a for profit. They're, <laughs> they're they're sex sales over there. Uh, then they'd have exhibits. So to be fair, there were a couple of times they'd have like, oh, the history of of breasts. I don't know. If, I don't know what these. <laughs> <are. laughs> <laughs> the history of breasts is that they're incredible. Yes, mother's milk. Uh, yeah. No. But whatever it uh, they'd have, they'd have those kind of exhibits. But mainly, it was like the gift shop area. They'd have security yeah. guards keeping an eye on people so they don't steal the the fuck sleeves and the tanga, <laughs> the flashlights and what have you. So okay, so uh, while working there, though, uh, you were acting at the same time and then bartending at a place called the Abilene. That's so. Right. When you're acting, so this I think is going to intrigue a lot of people because this is a profession that not a lot of people get to do. And like, you know, it's kind of like hush hush on how you even do it. Right. Yeah. Like everyone knows you want to join the plumbers union, you become a fucking plumber. Right. right. Like, right. you know, like I get, I mean, like, you know, there obviously it's more than that, but for acting. So you, so I, like, I would go to all your guys' shows down here when it was you and Burn and your comedy troupe. And then uh, that kind of you kind of took off and that split up and you went up north to New York. And when you're up there, you were with Upright Citizens Brigade, right? Is that where you're training for like your improv stuff? That's right. And, yeah, I took, took classes at UCB. Yep. And would they like kind of hook you up with like, like, hey, go check this, maybe get a gig here and go check this. Maybe. So how does that work? Yeah, they were, uh, so UCB was good for, uh, they were, they were bad at a lot of things. They didn't pay their performers, which is shit, but they did, uh, they did have like casting notices that would go out and they'd invite, you could invite industry people, a manager, an agent, casting director, whatever, say, Oh, I'm, I'm in this show. Come, you know, come check me out or whatever. So it was, it was great for networking. I met, I met my wife there. I met, I met some amazing collaborators and friends that, you know, over the years. So it was, it was a, it was an awesome experience. Uh, and yeah, it was like, it's improv's fun, you know, do fuck around shows in, in a basement, yeah. cheap shows. You, you know, have some beers and do some make them up. So that was a really fun uh, period for sure. Yeah. I love, I love that stuff. What's yeah. that? I said, that's one route. You were kind of saying like the funny thing about, you know, you want to be a plumber, you, you know, you get, you, you, you want to learn a trade, you, t- you take your classes, you learn the trade, you get in your, your union. Uh, but yeah, with, with show business, it's all bullshit. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all suck and fuck. It's all that kind of like, 
who do you know kind of getting in fake it till you make it and then you just keep yeah. faking it the whole time you know it's like mm-hmm. it's funny because it's really? a lot of people come from different there's classically trained actors there's people you know there's fucking dirtbags like me who just sneak their way in the back door <laughs> but like, there's a lot of like there is no real path with that it's just kind of like you know the confidence to go out and just do your thing. I mean, and ultimately it's like crazy how much of a pedestal that it's all put on because you're like, for sure. You're playing make believe in front of the camera. The real world. Yeah. I, I, dude, I couldn't agree. Like to me, I mean, and don't get me wrong. It's obviously harder than it looks. And I understand. And like, I had to do ad reads the other day and it was like, so like, you know, like you're doing it and you're like, Oh my God, like I sound so dumb. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's tough to just be normal in those kind of situations. And I understand that, but you're right. When it comes to it, like to be fair, right. When that dude won best actor for that shit ass movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, right. <laughs> he legit was like, it's all of us thinking that he played a person that's no longer like that. He played this person well. Yeah, right. It was like Halloween, man. It was Halloween. Halloween. dressed up like Freddie okay. Murphy. Exactly. He dressed up like this guy. Well, he, I mean, he did okay. It, you know, <laughs> no, and also but, not the hell. hell. Come on. You are the worst, man. <laughs> Movie sucks. You are the worst. But he is Remy Malik, by the way. That's who plays. Yes. Yes. Give Mr. Malik his due. Also, He's I'm a just, personal friend. Claire. <laughs> Yeah, no shit talking on Malik. Uh, no, I, I give him credit. Also, I want to clarify two things. One, I am like FFF list. Uh, I was not, when I say in the back door, I don't even mean the actual back door to the real house. <laughs> that is Hollywood. Like, I was in the fucking shed. I was like snooping around in the back door of some shed. I've, uh, I've seen there. you on TV. Right. I've been on TV a couple of times. Yeah, uh, you didn't have to tell us that you were F list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. No, that doesn't help the pod. You got a around here, baby. Me and Ray, after the show. I'm going to have to go hang out with him. No, that doesn't Shit, help. Bro, bro, I'm fucking with you, man. I'm kidding. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, so here, like, here's the thing with that, right, to me, is that, one, you know I fucking love you. Two, is that, like, people love to shit on people going, like, when I was fighting, people loved to shit on me. There, and don't get me wrong. Yeah. There's people that are supportive, but people that are supportive will also shit on you, yeah. right? And like secretly, like there are some people that are supportive and they like don't care enough to hate, but there are some people that generally want you to fail. They want you to fail because it makes them feel better. Right. So when you show up on a major television network on a major show, that's you like that's you being like, fuck you guys. This is what the hard work is. This is the life that like you're too scared to live. And this is the reward. So don't yeah. ever classify yourself A, B, C, D, or F. That's bullshit because you're a fucking ace. And don't hey, ever forget it. You <laughs> got me choked up over here, you skunk. I uh, love you. Thank you. Hey, no, it's true. Out, it's true. I don't mean, and I don't mean to belittle the craft. I mean, look, man, it's, it, it is one thing to just be funny at a, you know, at a party, but be funny at the bar or whatever. But, you know, it, it, there is a thing about going on a set and being on when you need to be on and hit, hitting your mark, doing your lines. Like, I don't mean to, to belittle it. It's just sometimes I think we put it on such a pedestal where it's yeah. like, I see, I see the fucking dudes, the grips and guys working in the electrical department, working the camera, like, you know, yeah. every, it takes a whole, f- and that sounds like the fucking cheesiest fuck. I'm going to give my fake Oscar speech here. Uh, no, snub that, man. You're right. You're uh, absolutely it, it is right. The people, man. It's like coming together like that is like a, to do a production, like at that level, it's just, it's everyone chipping in and the people in front of the camera get to, you know, get, get you're, their added, but you're, you're like, you're the flower and everything around you is the sun that makes you grow. 
True. Right. That is, that that is legit. It like those without, guys. Without that, we wither and die. Dude, yeah. exactly. Without that, you wither and die. That is a hundred percent. And all those guys, like they're in a union too, right? All that. That's yeah. all a union. I used to do grip work, right? That, Dude, is, that is no work. joke. That's real work, man. Yeah. And people like, honestly, I didn't do it with like any like major stars or anything like that. But I can imagine like there's two kinds of people. People are excited when they see cameras. Oh, oh, oh. And there's other people that just think they're too good. And you're like, yep. hey, get the fuck out of the way. I'm trying to pick up these $4,000 wires that you're stepping all over. Yeah. So why don't you fuck off? You know what I mean? Yep. Like, no, and it, but, and it, dude, and it wears on you. Like when I was on the Gethard show, it was great because it was, it, was, it was a big family. When you're on a show that, that runs, you know, multiple seasons, you get to know the whole crew and everything. And it's all, it's yeah. all the same folks run, doing camera and running Love the show. behind the scenes. So it's like you get to you're know. great on it, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That was a, that was a special experience that you rarely, uh, you rarely get, but I'll tell you when it's break time, when it's, you know, after dinner, I'm always out there with having a smoke with the crew and chatting with the crew. Like they're, they're usually better than the, than the, you know, I have yeah. a little bit of a chip on my shoulder for some of the, some of the, the more fancy pants people in front of the cameras. Uh, yeah. cause they really get full yeah. themselves real quick, but yeah. you know, it, it takes a family. The Gethard show was not like that at all. That's an experience like to me, that's so unique that you've had like, You've worked with like a lot of people, right? But you've also been in a scenario that we no one would even dream of. Like if any of us, right, any person that's never done it had to go onto a set with someone who's been on TV and things like that that you've seen and you recognize from movies, everyone you talk to that hasn't done it would shit their pants and not know how to behave and be like licking the feet of that person, right? Where for you, you're like, look, I'm trying to make money so I can like live here. You yes. know, yep. so like to you, it's yeah. just like, no, this is actual work. This isn't like the dream's done. This is work, it's you work. know? No, that's the truth. Yeah, it, seems, I, it, it seems like there's like a certain level uh, uh, of audacity that's like required. And especially with comedy, like watching those clips of the Gethard show um, and and all like all that that level of comedy, it's kind of crazy that on one hand, you're going to come up with these concepts and they're the most outrageous, like raunchy, crazy concepts uh, that are going to be funny. And then there, it is a business after all. And that certain yeah. people actually have to live in both worlds, like producers. And, you know, I wouldn't know you, you could answer that question better than I could. And they have to actually talk about some kind of ridiculous comedy bit and then answer another phone call where someone's yelling at them that they're about to like go broke or whatever, like that, that's an amazing thing. And I think that, you know, maybe not a lot of people understand that that, that kind of dynamic is going on. Do big time. And like, just like we said before, like people who make shit happen. And again, I'm not saying this in any fake humility, whatever way, but those are the people who make it happen because they do have to live in both worlds. They have to say, yeah, here's an outrageous premise that we're pitching. Now we got to go to the lawyers like here to make sure this is okay. And then we got to talk to the network execs. Got to talk mm-hmm. to all the students. And once we got on fucking Ted Turner's airwaves, like that's, you know, that's, that's oh. when a lot of those big boys coming in. Not Ted. Yeah. Ted rides in on a, on a bison, on a bison. <laughs> yeah. You got to pitch. You, but like that stuff, that's like, cause you guys legit had creative control when you're on Facebook and you're just kind of doing whatever. Right. When you're on a major network. There's so much tape, like, right. That is that yep. kind of the gimmick. It, like, it, you're it, talking to trade it off. Never watch your show ever. Yeah. That you have to get clearance to do something that you know is going to work it's kind of insane that they uh, put us on their, on their network and that they made it a live show. So we were broadcast live as well. So we got to say, you get your seven second delay, you know, you got your yeah. words, you know, that, you know, they'll bleep fuck. We were able to say shit seven times or six, 
six or seven <laughs> times you can say shit and then they'd start bleeping shit. So you, I don't even know what fucking world, you know, whatever world they're Jeez. living in with that logic. But yeah, no, you have the like, like Shake was saying, you got you got producers who are pitching these ridiculous premise premises that that could be done. Uh, and then you got to kind of like make that, okay, that's a fun idea, but how do we make that into a show? How do we package yeah. it? How do we put it out there and sell it? So there, there's all that. And again, for my role in it, I got to just show up once it's go time and I got to be, you know, loose and on and do my thing. But I didn't, they, they kept, they did a good job of keeping the cast kind of, I mean, Gethard himself, obviously being an executive producer and host and everything, he had to deal with all that shit, but the rest of the cast and stuff, we kind of just got to do our thing and, and, and have fun with it. So we didn't have to get bogged down as much, which is why you love those producers who yeah. are able to do both and, and, yeah. and juggle it. It's, it's not an easy, they're, they're the real fucking heroes. The guys that can find where you can shoot. They can have all the equipment there. All the guys that actually know how to use the equipment then they can get the performers there all at the same time and make it work. Yeah. That is, that's the real skill. Yeah. That's the talent. Obviously being able to make people laugh on camera, obviously that's a talent as well, but being able to put like, give you the stage to do that. That's an enormous skill. It it's takes like incredible organization and project management. And like, that's the kind of shit people don't understand because like when you look at a TV it's really just the scope. Like you don't see everything around it. It's unreal. It you know, moving parts, man. They, then they put the, without that shit, it's just, it's a bunch of us fucking jerk offs, like howling at the moon being like, love me, love me. I'm doing my thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No one's watching. Cause nobody put the rest. Of the, yeah. the piece. So I remember we had talked about this and uh shout out Chris Stefano. I think he's hilarious. He's an hilarious comedian, but I was listening to him on a show and he had said that he's a he's a stand up comedian. And I was listening to him on a show and he had said, I think it was like 2013 or 2014, he became a headliner and was able to do comedy full time and didn't have to have another job. And he had said that every day since then has been the best day ever. And like because he's like, I don't wake up and worry about what day it is or anything like that. Like I get to do this. This is the best job there is. Right. So for you, Murph. When you like, so I guess when was the last time, when were you bartending at the Abilene? What year? That was, uh, that was probably about 2010, maybe, maybe. So, so, and that's when you, and that's when you stopped working there. Yeah. And was that the last like job you've had? So you've been, you've been able to sustain a living acting since 2010. Yeah. Yes. God fucking bless you, man. My head above water, man. Dude, that is that is an incredible feat. Like yeah. you were able to live in New York for almost a decade, right? Yeah, if I in live New here for the next two decades, yeah, oh, Brooklyn's not not cheap, dude. But yeah. you were able to sustain that, and because you're able to, like, you're very, you're very much like, I guess you would call them a character actor type, right? Oh, yeah. Where yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, like you have leading man face, best friend body, right? No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. Was, that's another friend face and a and the body, yeah. the body of a of a black. No, that's a, that was another DeStefano quote. He said that uh, a major movie producer said he'll never be in like an Avengers movie because he has leading man face but best friend body. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's accurate. But, yeah. <laughs> so I want I know like obviously I've seen you on Broad City and Chris Gethard show and like I've listened to you and your wife and. But I want to get into the, some of the other things that help you stay afloat. So you've done like commercial gigs, you've done voiceover work, you've done, is it e-commerce? Is that what it's called? Right? Uh, 
Uh, I did, uh, for, for voiceover, I've done a lot of, uh, different, uh, different, uh, uh, products and, and companies I've done commercial voiceover shit for. That's where yeah. the, that's money too. That's the what, big so what, so what does that entail? How do you do that? So, so what do you do? Uh, auditions. Uh, so I got my, uh, I got my, my agent, uh, for, for voiceover stuff, just kind of, uh, you know, once you get known by different casting directors and whatever, it's just auditions. So you just go in, uh, you know, it's pre COVID now, but you know, going into, a place and just uh, auditioning. So if we go into do like a Cuervo spot or Verizon, that was the voice of Verizon for a big campaign. That was a oh wow a chunk of change. Yeah. Uh, so you just go in and you fucking read like you were saying with ad reads. You got to look at the script and just be like only on Verizon. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Uh, yeah. Without that. So last that one. was you. You that were doing. Yeah, I was doing. I, I did a bunch of those. I you did, do have that nice gravel in your voice, you know. Yeah. That's probably what intrigues them. Yes, uh, that's yeah. That 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 uh, that 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 helps. So so you you get a type too, you know. And it's like, well, this guy's gonna yeah. sell. You know, if if cigarettes were still ads, Jesus, I'd be the fucking Marlboro man. I think oh, now. <laughs> the, the new Marlboro man. But yeah, like you know, booze ads and and you know different uh, different different things. Lysol, I sell sell get get me in the outhouses and in the uh, in the bars for selling liquor. I did Bacardi. Um, you know, a bunch of different shit, but yeah, those are the commercials are good. Cause those are, especially if they run nationally, like that Verizon spots, those are running during the NBA finals. I mean, that that's pay every time that fucker plays on TV, you get paid. So that's shut. The, so, okay. I was just going to ask, how does that work? So you have like, they say, okay, like you're, you're given, they're going to say like, you get this many, this much money per view. And like, they'll tell you when it's going to air. Yeah, well, when it's on when it's national uh, network, so uh, cable spots they'll buy. This is a boring nitty gritty, so stop me if this. No, is- no, this is oh. what this shit is fascinating to me. So, so do not anything that's been on this podcast <laughs> for, for union gigs too. So the first uh, first couple of jobs I did non union, you do you do like two or three non union gigs, and you join SAG after. So once I was in SAG as a union, so so the contracts there are all like. Uh, They'll, they'll do like a, if it's cable, uh, so, you know, if it's on whatever TBS uh, or, you know, Comedy Central or whatever the hell, those, those networks, it's like a 13 week cycle. So they buy it out for a certain amount. So you get a session fee for every time you're in the booth recording. You get paid by the hour for that. And nice. then you get, uh, they'll buy it out for 13 weeks and they'll say, you know, if this spot does well, we want to run it here in this market, that market, whatever they run it. And then but for national network spots, like some of them I've had, I did. Cuervo was national. So that's like NBC, ABC, CBS, that kind of shit. There's there. It's every time the commercial airs, you get, you get paid. Uh, so those are like running when those, when those start to pile up, like that Verizon gig was, it was a pretty sweet gig. Uh, how, how, so, the ad agency how, has to report when the, like they buy airtime yeah. for a specific spot and then it, it logs. So that's a good thing with the union. At least they keep track of all that shit. Cause otherwise so, I don't know what's air and where. And yeah. yeah. So like you're, so so okay, so because you're with the union, they like the people airing it. They have to notify you when they buy the airtime to run this commercial. That's it. I That's see. It. And then they're like, okay, well, like the union takes their cut, obviously. But then my agency like, right. their cut, and I yeah. and then trickles down to my ass. Yep. And I've already drank yeah. my cut by then, but you know, it keeps yeah, it yeah. <laughs> keeps it flowing. Hey man, dude, that's how it works, dude. So that's pretty cool. I because yeah. no one knows that shit, right? You have to. Oh be yeah, and I'll, and I'll tell you, the voiceover gigs are what have floated me more so than because like that's you know guest spots they call them under fives. So when I was on like Broad City, if you only get like five lines or less, if it's one you know one scene or whatever, uh, those are like the the lesser paying gigs. They're good for for you know visibility, and of course you build your resume on that shit. I was in a movie. Uh, that was on what Rebel Wilson movie, uh, some comedy. I forget what the fuck name that was, but I had uh, one night stand with <laughs> Rebel Wilson in some movie. Another shirtless affair. You get typecast pretty quickly. Ooh, so maybe. Stop off. It was 
They're like, get that fucking chubby fat tit guy with the yeah. hairy chest. Hey, they should have. They probably should have seen uh, shorts and skins. Stefano, <laughs> Stefano, yes. Uh, no, that's where I made my bones. Yeah. So w- once you get those little bit parts like that, are good. Uh, you know, to kind of build your your resume up. Uh, but they pay. You know, and again, you get your residuals. So that when that shit airs, you know, when that Broad City episode comes out or whatever show. You know, I've been in a few different shows. When those little things air, every time they air uh and then for like a movie when it comes out in the theaters you get paid when they when they buy it for cable you get paid when it goes on an airplane you know the video on demand shit when they start playing it on airplanes you get paid so those residual checks trickle in uh you know as as i'm sometimes i'm getting them for two years after i did a gig so man that's that's like your little secret you know so wait verizon and cuervo you did voiceover work for both of them (laughs) yeah those are those are global international brands that's incredible yeah, so both that's it. You're, you're fucking snaking a little bit out of that pot, huh, babe? Yep. Somebody's <laughs> after Nick and the babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay. Take that, Verizon. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, I want to talk about, let's see. So, you did voiceover work, commercial gigs. And what's another like? So what's some other stuff? I wrote something down, but I can't understand what it, what it, my handwriting. Well, we should get to. I mean, we should get to the main the main thing. You got something big you're cooking right now, right? Do you want to do that oh, now, or yeah, we, we want to make sure we have time to cover this. This, this is the. Well, main I know. So, so when it comes to hobbies, right? Our boy Murph here's got a couple. He collects Pennsylvania memorabilia. Right. You guys can't see it, but he has a Pennsylvania lottery lighter Zippo. Pretty sweet. Yeah. And he collects other cool PA stuff. Uh, But other hobbies he has is filmmaking and podcasting. He's currently working and recording a podcast now. Murph, give us a little synopsis on what to expect on this sweet, sweet pod, man. Yeah. So, uh, so this, uh, project uh, a while back, uh, it's almost, uh, I don't know, almost two years ago now, uh, comedy central put together a thing where they brought a bunch of comedians and some nonprofit people, uh, together to have the comics pitch projects they want to work on that kind of have an underlying social message attached to them. So, you know, I was a, a former heroin addict and current alcoholic is how I, I describe myself. So, you know, I, I lost a lot of friends to overdose and, and I still have, you know, a lot of family uh, going through shit with it. So, and it's really just, you know, reached new heights here with the pandemic, but even beforehand, just the overdose deaths yeah. are just completely off the charts. So yeah. it's kind of near and dear to me, but it's also, you know, I find dark humor and everything. That's how I kind of deal with shit. So yeah, I pitched him on this project where I would go around and do kind of like a, a an hour long uh, comedy special in uh, uh, treatment centers all around the country. So they really liked that idea. And I got a nonprofit on board to help with some grant money. But then uh, once COVID hit, you know, there wasn't any kind of traveling or whatever. So I pivoted and said, you know what, what if I kind of uh, interview people and I do some of the some of the bits I was going to do live, but I do them as a podcast. So it's called Murph Myers Self-Medicated. Uh, and I've been uh, working on a lot of the material leading up to it. And I've had to kind of rework a lot of the bits to, to fit the podcasting format that I was going to do as a live show. I had a whole multimedia like visual thing, uh, you know, kind of like almost like the daily show where I'd play clips and then riff off it, and whatever. So now I've I've had to make it into a podcast, but it's uh, it's basically just kind of all about uh, the harm reduction approach to to uh, addiction and uh, and mental health issue, issues, which is a little different from a lot of podcasts. You hear addiction podcasts out there that are a uh, 12 step program kind of thing, which harm reduction is a, a big umbrella and it's, it's all that stuff. It's everything from abstinence to kind of managed use to, you know, needle exchange programs and, and uh, you know, a, a Philly safe house is one that was 
just opening up. That's like a, a injection site that 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 uh, can help people out. So it's it's all of those things, kind of uh, philosophically, uh, but in a comedy podcast. So you know, it's my job to kind of make that shit uh, funny and palatable for people, so that hopefully it can lift some stigma and we can get these conversations going. Because a lot of people I talk to, man, the hardest part about this is just asking for help. And the hardest yeah. part about when family, they got people going through this shit. It's it's tough to approach. So yeah. hopefully, uh, you know, they might go, hey, you know, uh, maybe. You know, someone who's having a hard time, listen to this podcast. This guy kind of got through it and he's managing his shit and he's still alive and he's, he's making light of it. Maybe they can laugh and, and hopefully start a dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Dude, absolutely. that's fantastic. Man. That's fantastic. And I'm excited. To, I'm excited. So it'll be, so initially it was going to be like a show, like a recorded TV show, but that got shit canned because you got to do everything virally. So then you switch to a podcast, which is, if not a better format, just as good. Hell yeah. And, so, but so you do like, have a, you do have videos on YouTube. Sorry to interrupt you, Matt, but people can search yeah. your name on uh, YouTube. And I was watching yeah. the clips. It's you giving basically like a presentation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have, right. So that was from that. Yeah. That was from that, uh, like a goddamn, uh, like a Ted talk, uh, Ted talk. For yeah, it was a, that was really awesome. That was, yeah. it's like you yeah, click so on it, not knowing what you're getting yourself into. And it's really something. Yeah, 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 thanks. Uh, yeah, no, and that was the that was the thing. That was the, the the room full. Like Comedy Central brought those people together, and it was kind of a live show. So I did the multimedia thing, pitching them on it, and, and kind of just you know doing some of the bits. So so that's out there. And then I also started working on a live stream uh, thing, which uh, you know I don't know. The kids are amazing with the tech they're doing nowadays. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you're putting this thing together for for Lavelle too. It's, this is all new to me. You know, I'm more of a live performance, you know, old school kind of kind of guy. But this technology is actually they kind of really didn't miss a beat with the way you're able to do some of the live streaming and, and having yeah. these conversations. I mean, there still is that human element where sometimes you just want to reach out and get, your I can't wait till we can go live. Cause oh, I, yeah. I would love to have like, so the, the, I, well, you know, I would love to have the, we talked about an episode that we had the idea for that shake. It was actually shakes idea, but mm -hmm. that episode live would be awesome. Dude, right? the best. Or I'm excited. You should do that as soon as as soon as it's uh it's it's feasible. It because that live hopefully, energy, that live audience energy, is not nothing beats it, man. Hope hopefully there's one day where you know, and I know this is you know dreaming big, but hopefully there's one day we can sell out like a small theater or something and have some merch going, garden or uh, whatever yeah, the yeah. hell it is. Cowboy something. Hey man, yeah. we're our our audience is also our guest base, so. We want to have everyone on, right? I want, I want the, like the goal of this job is to hear the voice of every fucking person working in the world today. Yeah. So we want to hear their voice and their story. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the story of how, you know, that's what our kind of stigma is, but dude, well, that's what that's, I wanted to ask you fellas. So I gave my elevator pitch. What's the, with, with, with the, with the working pod, what's the, what, what kind of, uh, I'm sure you've probably covered this already, but let's, let's, I'm just curious to hear. Well, what, let's do, okay. So before, before I smoke you real quick with our, with our thing, <laughs> I want to also talk about you were, you're filming a movie as well, correct? Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh I, w I wrote with, uh, my, my lover, Diana, we wrote a, we wrote a feature a while back. Uh, um, how can we, how, how can we search Diana? Cause I would love to look up her. Diana calls, yeah. She, she's out there on the internet. She's an incredible uh, writer comedian. She was one of the best performers at UCB. Uh, before they they had to shut down, obviously with uh, with COVID, they actually went under. But she was one of the weekend. She she was performed on one of the premier weekend teams at UCB Theater for years. Uh, oh, wow. She's the funniest fuck. Yeah, she's she's much funnier than I am. Uh, and she's a she's a great writer and uh, designer. 
So she's doing all the like logos and the, and the stuff for my, for po- my podcast. And she does a lot. She designed Gethard's comedy albums, like the covers of those, like she does. Oh, no shit. Yeah. She's a, she's an artist. Uh, she's a, she's yeah. a lady of many talents, but we wrote a, a, a feature together uh, that's set here in, uh, in Luzerne County. And uh, we, We've been workshopping it for a while. We did a ton of table reads, doing rewrites, whatever. We did some fundraising. Uh, and then again, kind of with the COVID thing, it was like we had to pump the brakes on that. But we we shot a test scene. Uh, actually, Bernie's brother, Polanski. You know Polanski. Uh, he was, of course. Uh, he's on. He's going to be on the show. We'll get the fuck going. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, it's – uh. well, I mean <laughs> – I mean <laughs> – we're, we're recording it soon. I'll just yes. <laughs> well, Polotsky is uh, so he was in our test scene, but we shot shot a test scene to do some fundraising. And long story short, with that is we're uh, we're still workshopping that script, and we kind of moved here. So I moved back home. I'm now living uh, two blocks from uh, where I was born here in Lucerne. Uh, we moved out of Brooklyn, uh, and uh, for a year uh, to uh, I'm going to work on this podcast, and then we're going to work on uh, shooting the movie once the spring comes. So that's yeah. kind of the game plan uh, for now. Yeah. Dude, honestly, like I've never done anything like creatively fulfilling like this, but it is the best. Like being like being able to like scratch your creative gene and just like talk and like do yep. your thing and like kind of have like ideas and work them out with people. Like I love when me and Shake get the workshop. It's like the best, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You two goofs have known each other a long time. I feel like you ever think when you're you're running around like two little two little scamps that you'd be here doing a podcast together. It's a beautiful thing. I actually, I actually did. <laughs> you wish before podcasting was even, he's like, what's that, like a radio show? He's like, yeah, yeah, you'll see, you'll see. Yeah, yeah, I knew about this 26 years ago, so, yeah. <laughs> but, um, awesome, man. And do you have a title for this, or you're not giving the title Haina. out? Of the- it's called Haina. Uh, so, Haina. so, yeah, there's a saying uh, here in the Valley that uh, it's kind of like, ain't it so? Like, people say at the end of something, so you know like Canadians say A, so you'd yeah. be like, oh man, this this working pod's a fucking hell of a show, Haina. So Haina's like, you know, an add-on. Uh, yeah. Title is like, how about it is down here? And, yeah, yeah. Just how about it, huh? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the two projects Haina. you're working on that really like tie with things. Obviously, you know, be funny in general is like your mo, but also tying it to things you care about. You seem to be like a, a hometown kind of dude. And obviously you have your, uh, you know, your experiences, uh, rough patches in life that, you know, you're not, you're not turning your back on them or pretending to be someone else. And I think that especially like, I mean, just to be honest, like our podcast is a local podcast right now. We're bugging our friends and family to subscribe and and guess what? All of them know people with addiction because where we happen to live is like the epicenter of when, when shit hit the fan in the mid nineties and early two thousands, we were the ones. And by we, I mean, definitely not me, but we all know someone who yep. you know, yep. were victimized by a bunch of billionaires basically. And yeah, you know, exactly. those fucking scumbums of the Sacklers. Yeah. 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 They're, yeah. and they're really hurting as, as we know, <laughs> they got their payout like, you know, yeah. very yeah. recently, but, but that's the thing is like, you know, it's always good to be funny with this stuff, but it's really something special if you can bring in actual meaning to it. That that's always yeah, kind of yeah. the caveat. Or no, also I mean, give people courage to speak about it because that's the number one thing that needs to be is you need to talk about. Like I know everyone's been more vocal about the the crisis. It's an opioid crisis at this point, but people have been more vocal about it. But yeah, giving people the courage to say like, okay, I can talk about it, and making them comfortable like, okay, I need help and I need to talk about this. Yeah, that's, no shame. You know, the shame is the, is the hardest part, man. I still, even afterwards, man, even working on this, 
this podcast. It's like, there's still parts I realize that I still try to hold on to a little bit of that shame. You know what I mean? Cause that's just kind of the way, the way it is, but, but it doesn't have to be. So I think that's uh, I think, oh, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, Pennsylvania got hit hard. All of our yeah. communities, we all sadly kind of know whether it's immediate to us yeah. or, or, or one degree of separation. It's, it's unfortunate, but no uh, yeah, I'm just hoping. And another thing I will say too, is like, I'm the one that, you know, do, doing some jokes and trying to bring, just start a dialogue. But the one thing that's been most exciting to me is seeing the people who've been uh, in the harm reduction movement for the last like decade, who have really been putting the work in every day out there at these clinics at, you know, in the community, just put hustling to, to help people like every fucking day. And that's been the, the thing that's inspired me the most is like, I get to do a little song and dance, maybe bring a little attention to, to what it is. But like the people doing the fucking work, man, is like they're, they're, they're doing the Lord's work. humanity for all the times now feel so divisive and everything's crazy, man. There's people out there every goddamn day, uh, 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 putting it in for people. So that's, that's just a wonderful thing that keeps me going for sure. Yeah. Good. Dude, that's awesome, man. Glad to hear you got a passion for this and that you're going to do it. And I think it's going to be great. And I can't wait to be a guest on it. Oh, yes. <laughs> It'll be your best episode you'll ever have. <laughs> Dude, I'm but, a guest, guest guy. Always. Always. You get me. You have me on me. Me. Casa podcast. You. Pasa, pasa, pa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're saying. I would have done it even if you did shove us like some other asshole named Munley. But, you know. <laughs> Well, I can't Just wait. To, uh, the, the the Tommy Lavelle, what what you know? We're going to have Tommy on at, at some point, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's not up to us. It's the PAAA. It's oh, it's yeah. You you've dealt with the PAAA, right? Well, you have course. a podcast. No, yeah. the, the brass at the PAAA, they're they're tough to deal with. They are tough yeah. to deal with, Matt. You, you swear you have nothing. You have no no uh, involvement in this. I I feel like I, you might talk to Cheryl. You, you know Cheryl. But is Cheryl Tommy and the people at home now? Like what what's going on there? We we think something's going on. I've been getting I mean I've been having some people contact me and wondering if maybe it's a little a little animosity going on, little little sibling rivalry. Me? Oh yeah. Middle brother. My brother's booked. We booked my brother. Yeah, you're younger. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not like I'm against. It's he got approved. It's it's not me. Tommy's right? on the no fly list. He's, I mean, I don't know what he did. Maybe maybe you should ask him. I mean, why should you admit it? You're, yeah, you're on a first name basis with somebody at the P AAA. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's because I was trying to get him approved. You know, oh, okay. it's like, hey, what's the deal with why can't you know you're you're good good to let Voldemort through, but this guy. Mm. We're, we're putting the pump and the brakes on this guy. I mm. mean, you know, I, I mean, Cheryl's got her reasons. She's a professional, you know, the PAAA, they're all professional. You know, don't try nothing. to grease Cheryl's palms either. Cause it don't no. work. I try. No, it does not. Cheryl is a straight road. shooter. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, the, I mean, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe one day the PAAA will look past him as, you know, cause he is a dog shit human being. I mean, you know, us putting him on here would be doing him a massive favor, like mm. life changing, you know, and like, I just, I mean, and I want to help him. I do. And I want to get him on, but it's, you know, look, at, I know that people can't see this at home, but my hands are tied. They're just, they're tied. I don't know. They're tied. I can confirm. <laughs> I've, done, I've done everything I can to get him on, but. The approval process is the approval process. Without the approval process, we're just a bunch of, uh, of willy nillies out here. Yeah, right. What our asses to the wind. Yeah, come on. You want people just approved left and right? Approve you? Approve you? No. 
Yeah. It's got to be a process. And it's yeah. got to be governed every by one governing body. Multi-front war. If we just, if we just let any unapproved, maybe like a, what would you consider that? Like a pirate guest, you know, it really would be, it would be untrue. I mean, um, yeah. It'd really be like the Razor Ramon of podcasts. Yeah. You know? so you, but, but the fight goes on. Hey, hey. yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, and it's, and it's also too, do we want Cheryl breathing down our necks? You know? No. If we start pirating on non-approved guests, Cheryl's going to be right there knocking on the door, banging it down, saying, shut her down. She'll yeah. shut you. Know? She'll shut you. Yeah, we'll lose our certification in the, uh, you know, this is an industry built on certifications and, and professionalism. And, you know, we're, like you said, our hands really are tied on this one, unfortunately. But, you know. So uh, we do actually, um, so Shake, we do have a caller calling in uh that we wanted to talk to he's from he's from the wyoming valley area and uh he loves he loves phone calls and going to the mall Hmm. via hitchhiking uh his name's leo ryan hey hey leo are you there pal uh uh, hello this is this is leo who's calling Hey, Leo. Hey, uh, it's uh, the guys over at the Working Perspectives pod. I talked to you the other day. Listen, you little prick. Why don't you go lie on the bed and uh, have your mother urinate in your mouth? Leo, Leo, what happened? Uh, you're back. Uh, my, I got the caller ID. I got you, you little fucker. I'm going to stick my peg right up your ass, you little I'll eat it off. Leo, we were everything was going good. You invited me over for dinner. What is this? I'm watching Donahue. I gotta get going. You got me, you caught me while I'm trying to watch Phil Donahue, you little bastards. (laughs) Well, all right. Well, thanks. Thanks, Leo. Maybe we'll have you on again. Fuck yourself and your mother, you little pricks. I'll fucking (laughs) your tiny little. Balloon, not butthole. Goodbye. Oh boy. <laughs> Jesus, Whoa. shake. Jeez. Christmas. Did you hear that guy? See, oh my gosh. This is what happened. This is as bad as it gets. Yeah. You know, I've always thought the people from the Wyoming Valley were very hospitable, but that guy mm. was just flat out rude. I'll say it. He's rude. Yeah. I don't know if that's our fault or his. I mean, he might just be a product of, you know, just years of, of, of abuse. He doesn't take phone calls yeah. well. I mean, you know, honestly, that's that's something I'm gonna have to bring up with Cheryl because how is that guy getting approved? Yeah, you right? know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe ungreasable palm, as, as we're we're beginning to learn. I mean, you he know? told me he he told me to have my mother urinate in my mouth. So I mean, he's probably greasing something. That guy, fucking mm. Yeah, we had a we had a Leo Ryan in Lansdale. His name is Library Bob. You know, yeah. heck of a guy, heck of a guy. Yeah, but yeah, the, the, the town's so, gone. So, Murph, <clears throat> I do want to ask you something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking here, and under hidden talents, there was two. One of them was that you're tremendous in bed. So, honestly, <laughs> Did I've heard that for several years. So, congratulations to you for that. I mean, 
Yep. And then, uh, well, you know, I've uh, I've actually slept at, at a house that he was sleeping in. And, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> when there's three of them at one time and they're all screaming, whistling Dixie, I don't know what to tell you, pal. Find a glory hole and get in. <laughs> How about it? That's off to you. So, uh, but another hidden talent that you have is you are quite the whistler. Yes, I, so, I do a whistler. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> I can't whistle. Shake refuses to whistle. Won't do it. I I respect that. Dude, save your whistle for yourself. Every time you whistle, you lose a piece of your soul. Don't forget that. So, Shake, hold on to that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. This one Probably is... Uh, Robin Hood. I'll do one more quick one. Tell me if you know what this is from. You probably will have already. All right. Uh, I know. You know that one? Yeah, Shake. Do you know? No, I no know. clue. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, right? oh that one's Kill oh. Bill. That's Kill Bill. Uh, that's a that's from Kill Bill. Yeah, I don't forget. I look like a big douche. Well, I was just going to say, it doesn't sound like the, the Disney birds. I thought it was Snow White. Uh, maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe it is. I have also lost my brain. I don't, I'm a good whistler, but I'm not a good no, that, no, Do not blame the whistle. Do not blame the whistle. No. no blame no. blame That's incredible whistle. So, whistle all right. I'm going to use an in the office uh, business industry term for uh, those us in the biz that we're at the top of time. And Murph, I'll tell you what. This has been an absolute pleasure. Shake, do you agree? Yes. Good. Same. It's so nice great. to catch you, man. I missed you. And it's nice to meet you, Shake. You guys Absolutely, got a sir. great operation here. It's two old two old buds doing their thing. So I I, hmm. I really wish you the best. Hey, yep. and I know we gave you some questions. We didn't get to them, but uh, if you would love if you would be willing, we would love to have you back on. Absolutely, man. I'm always down to shoot the shit, you know? Oh, yeah, dude, anytime. That'd be great. I love, yeah, I can't wait to have you back on. Really appreciate what you're doing with your podcast and that you took time to come out and, and join us. You know, this was just, you know, this was actually great. Really great stuff because we hit everything. We hit all the facets. We got good. We got bad. We got funny. We got heartful. We got it all. Mm-hmm. And that's what you, that's what you bring, pal. Yep. You're like, I consider you, right? I always thought, and so this is a wrestling thing, but wrestling should be like ice cream. It's not just one flavor. You have to have every flavor of ice cream. Mm. And that's what you bring to entertainment. You're every flavor of ice cream, brother. Oh, thank so, you. Brother. I love you. Thank you. Hey, mm. Love you too, pal. So uh, I'm going to do, uh, yeah, we're going to take off. So uh, uh, thank you to uh, Murph Meyer for coming on the Working Perspectives podcast. As always, I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by my editor and producer, Tom Byers. Uh, follow us on YouTube and Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Working Pod. And if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. Uh, this is the end of the show, so you can turn it the hell off. Bye. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? 
Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, T is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.